0: Welcome back to Disciplology, a podcast where we talk about all things discipleship. Last week, we had such a good conversation with Mary about adoption that we split it into two different episodes. This is the second episode, the continuation of Adoption with Mary. Mary, thank you so much for coming back and and continuing this conversation with us about adoption. Yeah. One of my biggest fears is the open adoption versus closed adoption versus semi-adoption open, um, once I get this kid, I don't want to lose this kid or want to, uh, have the family come in or, you know, I don't want there to, I don't, I don't want it to be messy. Um, one, it's going to be messy Two, I was watching a a TV show that completely altered the way I've thought about adoption to where I want an open adoption now because of the ministry that you can have with that extra family now. Yeah. So originally I thought it was just going to be for the kid. Have you had any, uh, or do you have any stories about being able to minister to the whole family?
1: Um, we personally don't know uh, anything about our son's family, which we our our information is everywhere. We're like, sure. please contact us. And so we hope that one day we'll have that relationship. I was talking with a friend, even this weekend who adopted about a year ago and she she was watching the same show that you were watching. And she uh, tells the story of being in the delivery room and repetitively telling this mom, it is okay. If you want to hold this baby first, Mm -hmm. because the mom had said like, you're going to be this baby's mom. I want you to hold this baby first. I want you to have all of the like mom experiences that you want. And she just kept saying like, we are going to be okay. If you change your mind and if you change your mind and you want to raise this baby, we're going to help. Mm. And we we want you to be a part of this. And so even today, this mom comes to the one-year-old birthday party, you know, and so this child still has access to their biological parent to ask questions and to um, get to know them and to have this relationship. And so there's such beauty in having an open adoption where there is the opportunity for a relationship there. there I think there's less trauma associated with that, too, just being able to know. Or just
0: different trauma. Yeah,
1: different trauma, surely. Um, And so, yeah, it can be incredibly beautiful. We have lots of friends, uh, back to foster care, who have great relationships with birth parents who have even said, like, we want you to adopt our children, but we want to continue to be involved. Uh, We don't feel that we have... You know the capacity or the skills to do this, which our friends have continually said, like no, but we want to help you. We want to help, and so um, I think there's a real beauty to to being able to have that relationship. Just like we talked about earlier, of you're expanding your family to mm-hmm. include potentially this adult who maybe mm-hmm. doesn't have a family structure at all, maybe doesn't have the support that they need, um, and yet we have the opportunity not just as a biological family, but as the family of Christ to really support those families well. Um, and so, yes, it is messy. It is scary. Um, I, I do have friends who have gone through the process and a week later, a mom has changed their mind and it is mm-hmm. heart wrenching It's so hard. And yet we just have to hold our children. I mean, even my biological children, I have to hold those with open hands to the Lord to say, God, I, You've given me these kids to steward, not to own. Uh, these aren't kids that I get to control, although I would love to Absolutely. so often yep. uh, be able to tell them exactly what to do and how to not you know, fall down, even though you've warned them eight times. That if you step on that stair with ice on it, you're going to fall down. But right. sometimes you just have to let them learn on their own. You have to hold them with open hands. And I think that's true in any situation, whether you are uh, adopting, whether you are walking through foster care or whether you're just stewarding the biological children you've been given. Parenting is never easy. Mm. And honestly, it's always messy. Mm -hmm. Um, Even, you know, even our biological child learning to parent her well and learning to parent her differently than her brother because they both have different needs. It's It's gonna be messy, but that doesn't mean it can't be beautiful. Mm.
0: Let's talk about bonding. Yeah, Um, we've got an adorable four-year-old little girl that we love so much. Um, What we are nervous. What would it look like to bond with this new kid that's not ours but is ours? And how do you love that kid the same? And it's gonna be different. And we just we don't know how to process a lot of this. Yeah. What advice do you have for us?
1: Well. I will say this has been a challenge in our home as well because it is different. Um, As I imagine, we only have two children at this point. We'll have three uh, before too long, but At this point, uh, we only have a comparison of two. So it is different than our biological child. Now, she is very clingy, very like wants to be really close to you, um, whereas some of it is just personality. Personality Mm -hmm. can be different. Bonding has been more challenging, I think, for me as a mom. uh, And we do attribute that to like, hey, I didn't carry you. Someone else Mm -hmm. carried you. And you are familiar with her voice and, you know, how she walked in all of these different ways. And yet, uh, again, you kind of have to go back to holding it open-handedly and to be okay with it being different. Um, and just taking every opportunity to connect, to love them well. Um, something that I've kind of had to learn to do, especially with, uh, a boy child is like, I'm not going to love to do all the things that you want to do. You like to roughhouse. I'd rather just kind of sit back. But if I can engage in that way, then just to see that light in their face of like, oh, my mom really cares about me and really cares about what I love or um I love, like even yesterday we were walking around the neighborhood and um, our son took a calculator with him, which was very strange. Um, And so just having the conversation of like, why did you bring that? And he was, you know, punching in numbers and saying, this is how many, how much 20,000 ice creams would cost. And so we're talking about these things. And I was able to just kind of grab his hand and walk around and really engage in the conversation that he wants to have. Mm -hmm. Even if that's about 20,000 scoops of ice cream, because Mm -hmm. he is very concerned about food and all, situations. Um, And so just loving them well leads to bonding. But we also have to know it doesn't have to happen the same way Mm -hmm. as another child. And it also doesn't have to happen in a certain time frame. Um, We have friends who adopted older children internationally, and that has really also been a challenge for them. And so uh, they've really made sure to spend one-on-one time with each child. They have a couple of different children who are adopted from different locations. And so uh, it does take an intentionality and there is still some heart wrenching, like sadness that comes with feeling distant sometimes. Um, And yet just being okay with like I can bond with my child, but really my goal is that they would bond with the Lord. Like Mm -hmm. I want them to be bonded to me, but I also want to be a good picture of Jesus for them and, and help them, um, bond, you know, with their Holy father, which is certainly a, a high, it's a high calling. It's a high instruction. Um, and yet, yeah, I, I, I don't have all the answers of like, here are 10 steps to bond with your child um, outside of just like it takes intentional time. And sometimes it feels like you aren't moving in the right direction. And that's okay.
0: Yeah, we talk a lot about intentionality and availability as a discipleship mechanism, but it's the same with children adopted or not. Right. Absolutely. So we're just we're very nervous um, but it, that's an okay emotion to walk into a lot of this new territory for us. Absolutely. Um, there was a, a man at my church growing up that had adopted, uh, a family, um, that had adopted a lot of kids. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they had the 15 passenger van when those yes. are still legal. <laughs> um, but he used to say, um, some of my kids are biological and some of them are adopted and I forget which ones.
1: That is totally fair.
0: And it's very clear which ones are adopted, yeah. different races, whatever. Um, and But it's the mentality of, I forget, what, they're my kids now.
1: Absolutely. We've uh, tried to apply our uh, medical background to our son multiple times where the doctor's like, do you know? And we're like, well, actually, my grandmother, and she's like, no, no, no. That's not the same. So, our doctor will correct us because we do forget. We forget that he is not our biological child. And I think that's a grace of God to right. live, like, we just don't even think about it often. Um, and, and yet, it's very obvious. And so, we talk about it a lot with our son because we want him to know and celebrate adoption. Right. Uh, but yeah, we, we don't always think about it.
0: If every church in America adopted one kid, Yeah. We would wipe out the adoption issue. Yeah. What encouragement do you have for churches to just lean into this area a little bit?
1: Yeah. Um, I think hearing stories from people who've grown up in a group home or who have aged out of the foster system, uh, has been probably one of the most moving things for my husband and I, we uh, were probably the opposite of you and your wife where I had really just thought like, we're just going to do this. Like, Mm -hmm. it's going to be hard and let's, let's do it. I want to do it. Mm -hmm. Even, um, you know, upon marriage, I was like, this is something I want to do. Whereas my husband was like, I don't know if I can, like, this is really hard, I just, it just seems like a lot. And, um, and I want to encourage also you guys to say like, that's a work of the Lord that the Holy spirit will move when the time is right. It's so apparent in our story that the Holy spirit was like, okay, well, I'm preparing this child for your family and, uh, get on the boat. Let's go. And, And so I was telling you before we started rolling that there was a moment uh, where I was serving as a children's minister. And so I wasn't even in the service. um, And my husband came to me in tears and was like, I'm ready. And we don't even remember what the sermon was about. We know it was not about adoption, not about children. And yet in that moment, the Holy Spirit moved him to be to be ready to feel like, "Okay, I can I can open my hands to this Mm. and I. I think in Western culture, we seek to avoid discomfort. Uh, security is something that I certainly see in myself as something I'm constantly trying to attain uh, for better or for worse. And, and so being able to hold our hands open and say, this, this might hurt. Mm. Um, and yet I'm going to walk forward for the purpose of this child or for the purpose of uh, feeling like this is what God has called me to do. And if, if every church adopted one, so let's think about our churches, even the smallest church, there is a a village of people to raise this child. Um, And so if we would just consider uh, this is, this doesn't have to be an individual sport uh, that there is a lot of support. Um, We have certainly experienced, so much support. We had a family uh, when we started foster care that we decided when they had a placement, we wouldn't take a placement so that we could do respite care. We could cook them meals. We could support them well. And when they or when we had a placement, they wouldn't take a placement so that they could do the same for us. Mm. Um, And so finding a family who has a, a like heart who could also walk through it with you, I think is incredibly valuable Uh, And to just think about the impact that the church could have on the next generation to say, no child is going to age out of foster care on my watch. Mm -hmm. Uh, No child is going to be uh, eligible for adoption and our church sit by and just let them grow up in a group home. Let them jump from foster family to foster family that we are going to invest in this process. And it, it will be hard. Uh, it will require discipleship from multiple angles um, and that, that there are challenging situations. There are medical issues uh, for children that have ended up in the system because their parents couldn't care for those medical issues. So there are considerations that have to be made for like, can we uh, as a community really rally and, and take care of this child? Um, but the church could be the answer To the problem uh, and not only raise up a generation of of worshipers uh, through the process, but also to see I I just can't imagine like the people we work with, the caseworkers, the CASA workers, um, the adoption agency workers, that their jobs are are very hard Um, caseworkers are often overworked underpaid you know they're they're showing up at homes or at hospitals in the middle of the night and so for them to see a church rise up and say we're here to lock arms with you and to uh, love children as Christ has called us to love children and uh, and we're not going to let we're not going to let people fall through the cracks. I think that is that's the call of the church, not just for children. It's the call of the church for our communities that sure. we're not going to let people sure. fall through the cracks. Uh, we're going to be engaged and uh, really run hard after this and adoption and and foster care is an opportunity for the church to do just that.
0: Knowing my personality, um, I'm nervous yeah. um, in that uh, I, I need some humility. Um, I'm going to come in. I'm going to save the day for this kid. How can I work through that issue?
1: Man, that is an excellent question. And I cannot tell you how many times uh, people have said like, wow, you guys are really making such a difference in this child's life. And um, although that can like puff you up and maybe make you feel good, we constantly are able to point back and say, he's done just as much for us as we've done for Mm -hmm. him. Like, we're not special. We're not saving him. Like we're not, you know, um, we're not the, you know, the shining armored knight coming to save the day. We are just trying to do what we feel like God's called us to. We're trying to be useful to him. This is a, we have an extra bedroom. We have the capacity, like, let's just serve the way we can. Um, and so I think there is a very real uh, tendency for people to walk into adoption thinking, I'm going to be a hero. Mm-hmm. This is an awesome opportunity mm-hmm. for like, people to think I'm awesome. And the fastest way to heartbreak and uh, trauma and uh, more trauma, you know, inflicting additional trauma for a child is to have that attitude to mm-hmm. think, I'm what's saving you when really it's like, no, God's God's had you the whole time. And he just allowed us to steward you for a season. Um, and so it, it is a very real thing that has to be fought. People say it meaning well. Sure. Uh, they don't say it to like puff you up or to make you feel whatever kind of way uh, they're saying it because they're saying like, we're really proud of you. We're really excited about this child. And they just don't know what to say. Um, but I do think it can be really detrimental to the child to hear something like that, especially if you have older kids in the home um, where it's like, but it doesn't feel, you don't feel like a hero. You're just cooking dinner and like putting me to bed at night. And, um, and, and we're, living the same life that every parent lives. Uh, And so, yeah, it can be the like savior mentality can be harmful for a parent, can be harmful for a kid. Um, And so often we just seek to remind ourselves, like we are just joining God in the work that he's doing. He is the hero of this story. He's going to continue to write our son's story uh, in our presence, but also years, hopefully decades and decades from now in our absence. And um, he is going to continue to protect and to to steward our son's life in the way that he sees fit.
0: Thank you so much for answering a lot of our questions. Yeah. Um, where can we find out more about adoption? Or are there any good resources out there?
1: That's a great question. So uh, Orphanology is an excellent book to start with. Uh, I would definitely recommend that. I would recommend getting involved in your local uh, DCS, Child Protective Services, call whoever uh, it is that is likely just right down the road from from your house. And you can ask them how you can serve. Uh, A great way to serve that I haven't mentioned yet is to serve as a CASA worker, which is um, just you get to be that child's advocate. So uh, rather than having a child in your home you're continuing to check in on the child you're supporting that family uh, and it doesn't require any additional uh schooling it does require like a training uh, but it's not significant and so there are ways to get involved even today where uh it might be down the road before you are able to be involved in an adoption that takes a little bit more time but there are things you can do today by just calling your local uh your local dcs
0: that's good thank you mary thank you for listening thank you for watching on facebook and on youtube we will see you next week